If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Welcome to another episode of Horse Chats. Today we'll talk to Larissa Bilston again who's been a previous guest. We've been talking to her about equine nutrition, we talked to her about calcium and phosphorus ratios, and today we're going to talk to her about oils in horse nutrition. But before we introduce her, I'd like to just remind you that Sophie Barrington from Archer Creative, who are the sponsors of today's episode, are the specialists, the equine marketing specialists. They do websites, designs, social media marketing. So if you need any of those things, please contact Sophie Barrington at Archer Creative. You'll find her details on horsechats.com. Search for Sophie, search for Barrington or search for Archer Creative. Now back to Larissa. How are you today, Larissa? Good, thanks, Gwyneth. Good. Larissa, today we're going to talk about oils in horse nutrition and you've got tips for getting the balance right. So tell us a little bit of background there. Okay, so oil is something that's been used by horse people for for years for um, boosting the calorie intake of diets, but there's a lot of research um, and a lot, a lot of progression in our understanding and knowledge of of other uses for oils in horse nutrition as well as in human nutrition. So I wanted to share some of that information with your listeners today. Yes, because oil itself is a very broad subject. We haven't even started to talk about the different types of oils, but um, I'm sure you're going to, as usual, have lots and lots of information for us. The first one to talk about is the calories in oil, you know, and it being very calorie-dense. Yes, so oil basically is pure calories and it doesn't really matter what sort of oil we're talking about. So that makes it a really useful supplement if you're trying to help your horse gain weight um, or to support horses who are working very hard. Um, And it can be helpful too for lactating mares who are pretty much, they're struggling to eat enough, enough food to consume the calories that they need to to put into the foal and the milk. Mm-hmm. So, you know, oil can be a way of reducing the size of the hard feed that we have to give because it's always very important that we keep the forage going through our horse's gut. So if we completely have to fill our horse up on on cereal grains or super fibres, um, we're not doing the, the total digestive tract any favours. So oil can be something that we can utilise to... Um, make the hard feed slightly smaller in those horses who are having to have a lot of concentrate feed every day to support their needs. All right. So are oils just for, you know, horses that have lost a bit of weight or mares that are lactating? Are they essential to the diets of all horses? Yes, absolutely. In fact, oil is essential to the diet of all mammals. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a whole lot more than just store fat for energy. There's scientists working right now in in human and animal nutrition and they're learning a lot more about how fats work in the body. Um, You 
probably remember doing a nutrition pyramid at school as part of maybe your science or your home ex studies. Um, and right at the tip of that pyramid, oil, oil sits, fats and oils. Um, and it's because our bodies, our bodies need them, but they only need them in small proportions. So um, nutritionists are now promoting fats and fatty acids as key nutrients. Um, and they're they're learning more and more about how those how those fatty acids affect early growth and development, um, as well as nutrition related um, and chronic diseases that occur later in life. Okay. Um, so some some of the roles that that fats play in the body, um, they, as we've discussed, they're an energy storage tool that the body uses. Um, but they also function as chemical messengers. Uh, they're important for the membranes in all the cells of our bodies. Uh, they help the body absorb um, some vitamins, so the fat-soluble vitamins, that's vitamin A and D and E and K. We can't absorb those efficiently if there's not, if there's not adequate fat in the, in the feed as well. Um, what else do fats do? Uh, they also help with controlling hormones um, and they play a huge role in regulating the inflammatory processes in the immune system. Okay. So, when, you know, when we, when we try to sort of point back towards horses, um, we, can, we can use oils to help manage horses that have got dry, itchy skin um, or other inflammatory conditions, so you know things like arthritis, um, Queensland itch, that's that sort of thing. Okay. Um, and I suppose too, we're becoming increasingly aware that that providing particular oils um, to growing horses is and and pregnant mares is able to assist brain development. Um, and we're looking at eye and heart health and boosting fertility and, and all sorts of things in mature horses as well. So it's quite, it's, it's an interesting field. There's there's just so much out there to, to learn and, and the scientists are finding out so much. What about wild horses? You know, if it's essential to all mammals or all horses, what about wild horses? What sort of natural oils are there in a horse's diet? Okay, so, so grass has oil in it. Okay. Um, you know how horses look so shiny in springtime when mm. the grass comes through and they shed their winter coats and and they shine. It doesn't it doesn't actually matter how mineral deficient they are or even how poorly balanced their diet might be. Most horses will get a shine on those spring grasses, and that shine is simply due to the oil in the green grass. Um, so. We're looking at somewhere between one and four percent oil in in grasses, with with your younger leafy grasses being higher in in fat than more mature plants. So oil's always been a natural part of of horses' diets, and and they evolve to to utilise and require it. All right. So now your next comment here is oils ain't oils. You want to talk about that? So thanks to Caltex for coining that phrase, <laughs> oils and oils. It's really handy. Um, I, I've, I've explained that um, all oils, all, all dietary oils are pretty much pure calories um, and that they will all put a shine on a horse's coat. Um, 
but they're not all equal in terms of the roles that they play in the body. So the most common types of dietary oils are fatty acids um, and they're a natural part of the horse diet. Um, most of them are that the horse eats, so the most important ones in terms of equine nutrition are polyunsaturated fatty acids. And there we're talking mainly about omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids. Um, and you've probably you've probably heard a lot recently about omega-3s and omega-6s and we have to balance the ratios and probably wonder really what does it all mean. Yeah. So when when the horse is eating that nice that nice green grass, she's probably getting somewhere around four times as much omega three from the grass as she is omega six. So the normal diet contains both omega three and omega six, and from those they're called essential fatty acids because the horse can't manufacture those. But from those, the horse can manufacture omega nine and and other forms of oil that the body requires. All right, so it sounds like the, the diet, the equine diet, should have both omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids to have a healthy immune system. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, and, and we're, what we're aiming to do, I suppose, is replicate that balance that comes from, from when the horse is getting good green grass. We all, we all would love to be able to provide our horses with decent green grass year-round, but it just you know, it just isn't possible for most of us in most situations. We are not able to all irrigate our horses' paddocks during drought. A lot of horses, especially once they're performing quite high, are probably living in smaller yards and and eating a lot more hay. So, under those situations, they start to they start to get more omega six than omega three. That would be more with the modern diets, would it? The modern diets making it a bit difficult to balance that. Yeah, you okay. know that's just the way the world goes. So what happens in the plant is the omega three molecule is just very fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's exposed to high temperatures or light or oxygen, the omega-3 molecules um, are destroyed. Okay. The omega-6s are much tougher. So, you know, the the cereal grains that we harvest will have omega-3s in them, but after harvest, it, it's gone. When we cut a field full of nice green grass to turn it into hay, the omega-6 oil and the, and the minerals stay in that grass but a lot of the vitamins start to decline and the mm-hmm. omega-3 levels pretty much diminish to nothing. So the more hay and hard feed that your horse is eating, the less omega-3 that is being included in that diet. So, so the horses just aren't efficient then at converting the plant-based to uh, omega-3 forms? Is that right? Uh, no, they're, they're not. So yep, okay. the form, you know, there's, there's sort of, we're talking omega-3 as if it's just one thing, but oils are oils. Mm. Um, and so there's actually three important forms of omega-3 in, in equine nutrition. So the, the one that the plants produce is called ALA. Yep. And it's got a long name, it's alpha-linolenic acid, <laughs> um, but we'll just call it ALA for short. And, and within the horse's body, um, that ALA gets turned into 
two other forms. It gets turned into EPA, but at a, at a very low level, um, less than 10%, we believe, from limited research. Um, and then some of that also gets turned into DHA, which is the third important form of omega-3 in the body. And we think that those levels are the amount of DHA that can be formed by the horse out of the plant-based ALA is very, very low. So when we're thinking about omega-3s, we need to think how is their ratio with omega-6? Yep. But we also have to think about uh, which of which of the different types of omega-3 is it most important that our horse is eating. Okay. Now, I want to ask you about the functions of the, is it puffers, P-U-F-A-S? Yes, the polyunsaturated fatty acids for the omega-3s and the omega-6s, they, they have an important role to play in controlling hormones in the body. So the omega-6 fatty acids, and they're the tough ones that I was describing that, that survive in hay and in, in hard feed. Their role is to increase inflammation, and that's just a normal, healthy part of, of immune function. So the body, the body has to produce inflammation to bring white blood cells to, say, an injury, or if it's protecting itself from viruses or bacteria or something like that in the system. Um, the omega-6 fats are also important for um, cell growth and for blood clotting. So... Although you sometimes will hear omega-6s getting a bad name for themselves for those pro-inflammatory activities, it's, it's an important and normal function of, of the body, but it needs, to be, it needs to be kept in balance. Okay. Um, when we look at the different kinds of omega-3 fatty acids, um, they're, they're performing different roles, and, and those roles are still, you know, really important, especially in, in growth and development of, of young animals. All right. Tell us about the seafood and the algae-sourced omega-3s. Okay. So when I described earlier about the ALA, the plant-sourced omega-3 being converted into EPA and DHA, that's a natural function in the horse's body but it's not a particularly efficient function. Because EPA and DHA are important in the body for brain and eye and heart health and development and function of the nervous system, they also play a role in cell membranes and in oxygen transfer, so they're really important in, in performance horses. Because those other sources of omega-3 are are also important, it can be a good idea to actually supply them directly to the horse rather than rely on the horse's um, limited ability to convert the plant-sourced omega-3 into EPA and DHA. So the best sources of EPA and DHA are marine sources. So we're talking algae, and ultimately algae are really the, the key source of these omega-3s. Um, we can also supply fish oil, but where did the fish get the EPA and the DHA from? They got it from the food chain. So basically something ate the algae at some point along the chain and it ended up in, in the fish and in the fish oil. So it is acceptable to feed to feed um, supplementary fish oil to horses as a source of EPA and DHA. Okay. Um, they're, not, they're not getting any meat out of that. It's, it's purified 
Mm-hmm. It's purified oil that we're talking about with fish oil. But um, algae is a, algae is another another means of getting the EPA and the DHA into our horses for um, those special functions. All right. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. Now, just thinking about feeding our horses oils as a calorie source or including, you know, one of the many commercial feeds containing the omega-6, the dominant vegetable oils, how do we keep the omega-6 and omega-3 balance correct? It's always challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, if our horse is getting some access to green grass, then I think probably in, in a lot of situations the horse is getting enough omega-3 relative to the omega-6. Okay. But the, quest, the question we have to ask ourselves is would there be an advantage in, in providing it with some of that marine source um, omega-3 as well for the, mm-hmm. the athletic and the reproductive benefits that are there. Yeah. Um, it, the, the whole situation gets complicated, though, if we are feeding, um, say we're feeding a, a vegetable oil to a, a high-performance horse to give it extra energy or extra calories to perform almost, almost all the... Um, cost-effective forms of oil if we're going to be feeding we're going to be feeding half a cup or a cup of oil a day in some cases even more usually um, it'll be something like canola oil some people might use a blended oil that has sunflower in it Um, they're very omega-6 dominant and so they can tip the balance of the whole horse's diet well over into having more omega-6 than omega-3 um, when we spoke earlier about about uh, the hormones that the omega-6s and omega-3s produce, um, the omega-6s produce the inflammatory effects in the body okay. and the omega-3s have an anti-inflammatory effect in the body. So it's important that we have more omega-3 than omega-6. The body just starts to have generalised inflammation, and that is where some chronic conditions are believed to to start. So, if your horse doesn't have access to lots of green grass, you're going to need to supply some omega three to tip the balance. Okay. If okay. you if you are having to feed uh, a high omega six oil for calories, then you're going to need to supply even more omega-3 to tip balance back over in favour mm-hmm. um, of the, the anti-inflammatory omega-3s. So pretty much the only way to do that is if you're if you're having to feed oils for energy, uh, you can choose to feed linseed oil, which is omega-3. Yep. Um, and that will, that will be expensive, but it will allow you to stay on top of the omega-3 to omega-6 ratio or you can feed a, a cheaper vegetable oil and, and I suggest canola rather than sunflower because canola is not as severely unbalanced in terms of its omega-3 to 6 ratio um, and then add a marine-sourced omega-3. Um, so you're, you're able to provide um, a much 
what's well, the easiest way to explain it? We're, we're looking at tipping ratios back in favour of the omega-3s. So the marine sourced, the marine sourced omega-3s are much more potent when it comes to tipping the balance in favour of omega-3 over omega-6 to reduce the general inflammation in the body. All right. I think that, again, it's a lot to take in, but, you know, I think the information you've given is excellent for people that have got questions about oil, horse nutrition. A lot of people might feed oil, but now that they're a little bit more aware of omega-3, omega-6, you know, ratios and different different supplements that are available too, you know, the marine sources, I think that's just a lot of great information, Larissa. So thanks very much for coming and talking to us today. Is there anything you'd like to say just in summing up, just to, um, you know, for people to have as a bit of a takeaway on that one? It's important to get the balance right, but just, yeah, just something to take away. Yeah, we we really covered a lot, didn't we, in, mm, in this we session did. today? Uh, so having the omega three to omega six ratio in favour of omega three is very important for general horse health. But look a little bit more deeply into the types of omega three. Um, there's a lot of benefits in feeding marine sourced omega threes to growing horses, breeding horses. And high performance horses, and you know, I, I think I think we're right at the cutting edge of learning just how just how much we can get out of those potent um, marine sources. So yeah. that's the EPA and the DHA. Good. Good. Larissa, I think this is another one for people to listen to twice, you know, just to come back and and make sure they've got all the information. But if you'd like to go to horsechats.com slash Larissa Bilson, I think we're up to about three now. So horsechats.com slash Larissa Bilson, or even if you go to horsechats.com, search for Larissa or search for Bilson, you'll be able to find that. And your contact details will be on those pages. But Larissa, can you talk to us about your contact details in case someone wants to give you a call now after listening to this or contact you if they've got any extra questions. Yeah, sure. So you can always contact me through one of our websites um, and there's more information too on this subject on, on both websites. If you look at www.equinevitmin.com and go and have a look at the product um, which is called Equine Vitamin Min Omega 3 Plus, there's information in there. And there's even more information at www.pharmalogic.info. So that's F-A-R-M-A-L-O-G-I-C dot info. There will be articles on feeding, feeding omega-3s in the blog. And there's also a product on there called Omega Balancer, which is a powdered, a really heat-stable powdered form of plant source as well as marine and fish-sourced omega-3. So we've got a couple of ways of helping people deal with the very real problem of of keeping the omega-3 to omega-6 ratio balanced in the diet. Yep, very good. Larissa, thanks again for your chat and um, look forward to catching up with you again sometime soon. Thanks for having me. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses, 
or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.